0: recording happy sunday happy should we sunday. have said that monday probably not <laughs> <laughs> to be a well all right did you did guys hear it the we have a, <laughs> <anyone know> <laughs> we have is? a mystery guest on the podcast today do you guys hear the whisper of another voice it's like it is <laughs> miami's equivalent to kevin bacon everybody knows her <laughs> everybody loves her she's seen everybody's vagina, vagina.
1: <laughs> sorry i just screamed so loud <laughs>
0: she seems everyone's hoo-ha She's our bestie, our third wheel to our tripod, our tricycle. Drum roll, please. Jennifer McNally, also known as Jenny. Jenny. To, if you're a very close friend like me and <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> Hi. All right. So we had Jenny on. Do you like Jenny or Jen? oh she hates jenny time
2: of day and who's calling me that but i think i prefer jen but it's okay you could call me jenny
0: okay cool because i love jenny jenny makes me feel like i'm one of your best friends from old school um where did you go carolton no no epiphany yes (laughs) (laughs) we're already nailing, nailing it yeah we're awful okay so we wanted jen on we've been hyping this episode up real hard well
1: honestly because we had to cancel it 17 times because i don't know jen had to like have appendicitis and yeah fucking have covid covid and then like ugh. travel to go see family yeah Some had like bullshit. things to do yeah so
2: um so because got of that we've so had, we had to
1: push it back yeah but now we have her here so
0: that's all that matters yeah good things come to those who wait <laughs> <laughs> she's a natural lady she, <laughs> she is a natural podcaster uh, okay so this is going to be a two-parter uh-huh a series First episode, this episode, we're going to talk about women's health and it will make more sense because once you learn about Jen and why she's here and why she sees everybody's vagina in a very yeah, medical way. Yeah, because if you way. don't know Jen for some <laughs> reason,
1: it's going to be real awkward that you listen to the first half of her looking at her vaginas. She's like, why does everyone just show their vagina to Jen? This is so weird. But she works in this business of vaginas. This.
0: And then the second episode will be all about aesthetics which we also talk a ton about we have no credentials to talk about any of this so it's actually pretty helpful that we have somebody with a a degree
1: have a friend who knows
0: yeah she's the friend who you need a friend like this i think everybody needs a doctor nurse in their life yeah not only to write you good scripts prescriptions (laughs) but like just to ask general questions of like is this normal in the middle of the night (laughs) And
1: then you send photos (laughs) and then she forever can use those photos as blackmail, (laughs) but it's fine. So Jenny, how did you get started in OBGYN?
2: So funny, but I'll give you the short abridged version. Um, Growing up, it was either I wanted to do something with babies and I wasn't sure if that was a doctor or a nurse or I wanted to be a lawyer. And so I started at the University of Florida as a political science major and was not satisfied with that route and used to stay home with my roommates after school every day. And we
0: watched a baby story on TLC. Oh, my God. That <laughs> <laughs> I never watched it for obvious reasons, but like people fucking loved that show. That was when TLC had like trading spaces, exactly. uh, had that whole like before mm-hmm. 600 pound life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When it was credible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, that, anyway, that was my uh, push to become a labor and delivery nurse, and the rest is history. So that was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Watching a baby story? <laughs> I mean, I guess, since the ending is this.
1: And Jen has delivered, been in the delivery room, assisted both of my labors, one C-section and one vaginal delivery, and she held my hand through both, held my hand through all of the care before, Held my hand through two miscarriages, held my hand through all this stuff, has held hands to many people, including Maria, um, through our vaginal health.
2: <laughs> this is true. And this is why I look at vaginas. It's nothing more than it's my job. Okay. My Thank husband you is always much. like, do you remember? Let's make that great clarification <laughs> right about now.
1: Zach, so I was like, do you remember what every vagina looks like? And she's like, no, it's my job.
2: No, I like to say I compare it to, you know, a hand specialist looks at a lot of hands. I don't look at hands. I look at the organs involved with women's health care. And that is a part of the body that I take care of. It is your private part. So you think about it that way. And I think about it as me just taking care of another part of your body.
0: Oh, that's such a good way to put that. So good. Okay. um, Can we talk about periods frequently on this show? mainly because we have them. Um, what is going on when we get our period and we go absolutely bananas? I'm just going to start asking Jen questions. Okay, great. I okay. Love that because I'm probably, I sh- probably should know, but I feel like health class in high school was like one day and they put a condom on a banana and they showed us that diagram of our ovaries and our fallopian tubes and showed us like how a baby gets made.
1: And then they didn't make you circle where you were. <laughs> <laughs> like- Mine had like, was like hairless kind of hairy <laughs> hairy
2: bush those are called the tanner stages yeah so you know so we you can use a little bit of like smart science with
0: wait go wait what is wait what's the tanner stage what she's talking about like
2: where you are what like like a with your pubes bit, yeah your it's pubes the same and as, your boobs as your, like your breast budding phases
0: butting. wait and they had a diagram and you they had pictures. a circle oh, yeah I, i'm gonna get it for you oh wait and this was in school yeah. Yes. I and, don't think I learned this. Okay. Well, I, and wait, were you supposed to share this? That explains No, no, not. <laughs> No, we
1: were not supposed to share it. Okay. I definitely was in fifth grade and was the zero of all of them. Yeah. I don't but think I tried to circle like the second the one, middle one with yeah. like a little pubic hair and a bud,
0: even though I was flat as a board with not one hair on my body. Yeah. Oh, I definitely didn't play this game. Let me see. I think we should screenshot this and this should be our Instagram. photo. <laughs> yep. And
2: they have, I never fell in column one for the record. (laughs) What is column one? Oh, is that a ding dong? It's all,
1: (laughs) those are boy parts. (laughs) We should post
0: it. It's like little knots. I mean, the penis hasn't changed. It's just the hair around it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, wow. I never played this game. A semantic drawing of the five Tanner stages for girls and boys. Schematic. Schematic. There we go. Okay. Oh, All right, so I skipped that part in health class. All right, so tell me, why am I... You weren't paying attention. No, I definitely wasn't. Why am I so crazy right before my period? Like, what's happening hormonally?
2: So it is called a menstrual cycle because we cycle through different phases and hormone levels change throughout that. So just fun fact, a lot of people don't know this. The first day of your period is the first day of bright red bleeding. On average, an average menstrual, menstrual cycle is anywhere between 28 and 35 days. That's considered normal. Okay. And most women should ovulate somewhere between day 10 and day 14 in there. So as that's happening, all sorts of different things are happening in your bodies. Estrogen levels are changing, rising, falling. Um, Also, FSH and LH, which are different hormones that trigger ovulation, everything's kind of working cyclically. So basically, your body's kind of crescendoing to the middle of your cycle when you ovulate, and the lining of your uterus is thickening. And then two weeks later, you're either pregnant or you have your period. And so in all of that, all the hormones are in flux and it causes all of those times where you could feel a little bit more emotional or a little bit more angry or not have as much patience. Okay. That's a very non-scientific way of answering your question.
0: Hormones, baby. They make you cray cray. Yeah. And then birth control. It does it fuck with the hormones. It obviously like my IUD. I don't really get a period, but I'm having still the same hormone cycle.
2: So your IUD only has progesterone. So it's really only working. You're still cycling as normal. You're still having a normal, you know, cyclic changes of your cycles. You're actually Mm -hmm. still also going through all those different changes. It's just because you have that IUD in there inside of your uterus, the lining isn't thickening. So you have nothing to bleed. It's not that your body hasn't still gone through all the things associated with the menstrual cycle. Is that why you
1: can technically get pregnant on an IUD? So I mean, I know the chances are very small, but
2: right, an IUD is, is as effective as tying your tubes, when it comes to birth control efficacy. Um, but you can still get pregnant because technically on an IUD, you still ovulate, it just is creating a hostile environment within the uterus to prevent implantation. But it's also um, there's not a thick enough lining for it to be an optimal environment for pregnancy to occur.
1: And then birth control, like she was saying, that has more hormones in it.
2: So birth control prevents ovulation. You do not ovulate. And it kind of, that is basically influencing what your hormones will look like throughout the time of your cycle. It kind of takes over for everything.
1: And how come you still, quote unquote, get a period when you use birth control then
2: because the hormone levels are mimicking a natural cycle so that your so that your lining of your uterus would still thicken Mm -hmm. so you have something to bleed but there are some birth controls out there that some people do not get a period on their birth control because the lining never gets thick enough kind of like an IUD so then if it's never thick enough it never grows then there's nothing to bleed which some people think is fantastic because they hate having a period. Other people, it freaks them out every month and they're like, no, I got to see a period to know that everything's cool. Everything's working and I am not pregnant.
1: Yeah. And I also think that like, I mean, listen, it's great to not have to like use tampons and pads and whatever when you're menstruating, but it's crazy because you're still having all the side effects of like,
0: which is why I never know what the fuck's happening with me. I'm just like a moody depressed bitch, but I need to start. Right, exactly. You, which I am. But it's more it's more heightened oh, was, like the, you're, you're giving me that. I was not, Don't I w- blame the IUD, Maria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. First of you all, know, I'll I, blame my mom. The IUD's up there are like
2: Don't blame me.
1: <laughs> um, no, but you're still having all of the the emotional feelings consequences. Of the hormones are the craziest shit I've ever felt in my entire life. Yeah. Like they make you feel insane.
0: I think we just turn into different versions of ourselves
1: it's so intense like you know i mean after like the hormones shift like after you have a baby it makes you, f- you feel like a psychotic like i'm not even joking no i'm Something sure that's wrong with your brain it's like that feeling of the period before like but probably a million but times just longer yeah and more intense
0: so okay to go back all the way to the beginning when should people like start going to see a gynecologist i i went not because i was having sex i went I think my mom was just like, all right, you've gotten your period. Well, you your period, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I don't even know, but right, I went. Me, me neither.
2: So technically, you do not need to go to a gynecologist for a pap smear. Pap smears begin at the age of 21. That is a new regulation within the past, I'm not, I don't know the exact number of years. But anyway, you start having your first pap smear at 21. I always tell um, patients and moms who ask me and they say, when should my daughter come in or whoever for the first time? And I say, it's a good idea to to establish a relationship with an OBGYN before you go away to school or even if you're going to school locally, only because it's a relationship that then it's no longer a scary place to go. If they have any questions and they're away, they have a person they can contact. And that way it's just somebody that can work with your, work with a young woman through the different phases of whether it's, I don't know what's happening with my body or I need to be on birth control or whatever. But if, that way it's already established. If you want to go on birth control, you have to have a pap smear though, right? You do not have to have a pap oh. smear, but you have to come into the OBGYN for an exam. We need to check your vital signs, make sure birth like, control is a healthy option for you. But like a pap smear, speculum, that whole situation does no. not have to happen until 21 for a pap smear. Sometimes okay. we examine you before then, but for different reasons. Right, right, right. right. Depending.
1: Um, I feel like I went earlier, but I don't know if I had a pap smear, though, now that I think about it. But for, like, to regulate my hormones, birth control, blah, 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 all that was younger. And there
2: are certain circumstances where maybe someone does come in earlier because they haven't had their period and, and it's later. and Or they've had one period and then it's super irregular or they have some sort of infection or question or whatever and then they come in sooner. But I think it's good to come before it's for a problem so it's not like this whole like oh gosh I'm so scared I don't want to go there
0: and you go once a year
2: yes for your annual exam what's your favorite part about your job um for sure my favorite part about my job is that at this point I've been a nurse practitioner in my office for 13 years and I was a labor and delivery nurse for like seven before that but I tell everyone that I've kind of grown up with my friends. So they came to my office before mm-hmm. they had babies. And then we did all the having baby part, which mm-hmm. was super fun. I mean, I am basically like you tell your husband and then you tell me um, that mm-hmm. you're pregnant, which is or a very you first. <laughs> <laughs> I will not tell anyone if I was ever told before their husband. <laughs> but they do exist. Those rare cases. Oh, he
1: doesn't listen to the podcast. I definitely told Jen <laughs> the first time I ever got pregnant before anyone else.
2: Um, but I think it's really incredible. And I truly think it's a true blessing that I have been given to be a part of that incredible part of people's lives mm-hmm. and to share in that journey with some of my closest friends and even you know patients that I have met along the years to go through pregnancy number one, pregnancy number two, and just through their lives and now I see them and they have older children. I actually for the first time recently, I just saw a patient in the office for a first, you know, introduction of the gynecologist and I took care of her mom when she was born in the hospital. So that was a really Wow. Like whoa. <laughs> That is cool, though. I mean, I've been doing it for 20 years, so I guess it, makes sense. it is long enough, but that does make me feel a tad bit ancient, hence adding aesthetics into the mix. Which
1: you know, we, we will definitely discuss. Um, and then what would you say is like the most challenging part of your job?
2: Um, I think it can be challenging to help people understand when they get a diagnosis that's either sad or scary, mm-hmm. that something is not their fault so um you know sad obviously the sad things that i unfortunately have to deal with would be miscarriage or loss in pregnancy at varying stages of a pregnancy but i think also you know i have to deal with the things that we fear and are scared about you know um stds unintended pregnancy and so i think it's really helpful i mean really important to be a supportive and non-judgmental person and I and I try to be that but I think it's hard to sometimes convince people of that.
1: Right. Like it's not their fault or like or maybe like listen if you know something happens and you're lost in your choice or maybe mad because you slept with somebody you got an STD like doesn't make you a bad person, you know.
2: And and I think it's not it's not their fault but also that it will be okay one day. Yeah. Cuz I think yeah. in the moment some things can se- seem like insurmountable hurdles that like I'm never going to come back from this. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I promise you, you will.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to have uh, like an OBGYN or like a nurse practitioner or a doctor that you trust and you can tell them anything because you really need someone in your life to be like, we're about to talk about some shit that makes me really uncomfortable. But who else do you go to when it's like women's health issues, you know?
2: And I think that's a, I mean, it's truly a, an honor that people do trust me and that I can be that for people. And I think, I guess you can add that to the list of why I love what I do because I think it's important that people think that I could be that person and I could help them through that.
0: That's so awesome. What's like the most common, do you get a common question from women like that come in or young girls? Because there's something that they're like always nervous about or,
2: I think ironically, every woman at any phase in their life is always like, am I going to be able to have a baby one day? Mm. And I think even if they don't know how they feel about that, that's a fear that someone has before they start birth control. Like, oh, if I start birth control, does this mean I'm not going to be able to have babies one day? Or, um, you know, whatever. I think that is something that it's funny. No matter how old you are, someone is always concerned about or inquiring about that phase of their life.
0: It's like, oh, I have a question. Why is it so important <laughs> to pee after having sex? Because mm. those UTIs UTI. are fucking brutal. You got to pee after yeah. sex.
2: So without going into the whole anatomy lesson, basically the reason why is because there's bacteria from, you know, intercourse or, you know, if you've had oral sex, saliva, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and just by virtue of female anatomy, bacteria can go inside the wrong entrance and so you kind of just want to flush it out so it is important to urinate after intercourse immediately i mean you should try to as soon as possible it's not a fool it's not you know foolproof that it means it's not going to happen but it does it does help for
0: sure is everything bacteria related like yeast infections all of that like what's going on with that
2: isn't that ph so yeast is a fungus Mm. so like bv that people talk about which is bacterial vaginosis is bacteria and it's not always necessarily the same type of bacteria that can cause a bacterial infection and yeast is a fungus so basically your vagina is a self-cleaning part of your body and a lot of times what happens is that as women we try to over clean that part of our body but really it could take care of itself i always tell my patients You wash once once a day only on the outside when we get obsessed with cleaning inside we are interrupting an environment that could take care of itself Mm. so you get infections whether they be yeast or bacteria because you have now interrupted like you said rach the ph in the vagina and so then you get an overgrowth of yeast or an overgrowth of bacteria and so sometimes people who are more susceptible to infections for example if they go on antibiotics they end up having a yeast infection. And it's because the antibiotic did what it was supposed to do for whatever infection they had, but it also killed everything good in their vagina. And so yeast then came as a result. So it's basically just a shift in the pH balance in the vagina, which causes an infection.
1: So basically trust your vagina.
2: Let it do its thing. Right. (laughs)
0: Stop. WWVD <laughs> What would what the would vagina, vagina do? do. <laughs>
2: and don't use all those things like Summer's Eve and all oh, those yeah, female no. douching things and smelling like roses and butterflies because you know you are interrupting then the, the natural flora.
0: Yeah I don't I don't use that stuff. No I don't use I that. I also just it's too potent Yeah I don't. Like I don't really know. is my vagina supposed to sell like a bouquet of flowers? No, no it's no. not No. No.
1: Okay well what would be um what would be something that you would tell your younger self going into this job?
2: Um, hmm. That it's going to be a ride and there will be good times and bad times and you cannot make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. You can only do your best. And to be honest through, you know, every phase of that, because I've learned and gathered more experience, um, and you are going to make mistakes Mm -hmm. and not everyone's going to like you, but that's okay. Yeah. as long as you're trying your best, being honest and doing the best job you can.
0: Where do you, what's the office name like if people want to come and see you?
2: Um, I work at South Miami OBGYN Associates and we have two practice locations. There's one in South Miami by South Miami Hospital and then we also have a location in Doral. Okay.
1: Well, now everyone's going to go see Jen <laughs> McNally.
0: Give that bitch a raise.
1: Give her a <laughs> raise and trust me, coming from experience, she's the best in the biz. And she will make you feel so at home and so comfortable. And
0: yeah, if you have any other questions, let us know. Yeah. But oh, yeah, where can we find you on social?
2: My social media is your genuine self, which is Y O U R J E N U I N E S E L F. Your genuine self. I think <laughs> I just want the spelling be.
1: <laughs> and stay tuned. Yeah, you did. Stay tuned for episode number two of oh yeah in the series jenny (laughs) because we have some fun conversations next about aesthetics and
0: she's like the she's a year older than me she's the oldest little tripod in our pod but she's really the youngest and looks the youngest yes for good reason and you'll have to learn why
1: and you're about to learn why so
0: all right good okay bye